đến thương nhau những con người bao đời vui buồn cùng sát chia nhau Welcome to the Radical Traveler podcast coming at you from Way City Vietnam Cảm nhận vì bia đậm đà tình bạn càng thêm mặn mà yêu người miền Trung hiền hòa yêu hoài vùng đất quê ta What's up, everybody? My name is Brad Hirsch. My Vietnamese name is Bao. I've been traveling the world for close to 20 years here. Yo fui a Lima, Peru, como voluntario y aprendí castellano. Desde ahí, decidí que quería aprender la lengua portuguesa. Sería mi próxima aventura. Usuri se kutanghua, usuri Taiwan y gengue. Usuri tola italiano, autonomamente paran. Pompai prata tai fukat muy tai leo. And I feel like I'll be here for the rest of my life. My every morning starts with a 2-2-2 plan. Heck, yay! I thought about him. I need cafe. Two bottles of beer. The biggest secret to success. Happy wife. Happy life. I'll be in this beautiful city forever. In this episode, we're zooming into a sit-down with two strapping specimens, each to give a different perspective about life as a digital nomad, aka online freelancer, international entrepreneur, remote employee. Call what you will, but in any language, they're here to give you insight to help you explore your own options. Whether you're interested in working remotely, taking a mini-retirement, enjoying a staycation, you're at the right place. I don't focus on ultra-rich people or those who are worldwide famous, but rather those who are outstanding champions in their own right, free radicals. My first guest is a good friend of mine, Martino Scortizzi. He's a Japanese fellow, or Italian, one of the two. He's a hyper-polyglot. English is his third language. His accent makes him the most charming fellow among us without even trying. Years ago, he decided to go rogue and give up his lucrative career to carve his own path as an independent financial consultant, quantitative trader, and international stock analyst. The best part is, he's all self-taught. Since then, he's been traveling the world and consulting remotely, including living in Spain, France, UK, even made it down to Senegal and Guinea-Bissau. Here in Asia, he's traveled around Cambodia, Singapore, Thailand, Malaysia, and these days he's living right here in Vietnam. As he puts it, I want to experience the world, meet new and interesting people, and live my life my way. And my other buddy, my main man, my fireside chat, the smiling expat, the diplomat, the technocrat with the cavalier hat, the misadventurous man, none other than Travis Schneider. His Vietnamese name means dragon of the winter, Long Dong. Travis used to be a blue-collar worker as a high-rise window cleaner. You know, the harness, the squeegee, dangling it outside a 40-story office building. Yeah, that guy. He ain't afraid of heights. But every day, he dreamed of a more fulfilling and adventurous life. In particular, working for himself and having the freedom to travel. One day, he took the red pill and started his own freelance digital marketing business so he could work from anywhere. He's been to Mexico, Laos, and Malaysia, but a few years ago, he found himself here in Hue City, Vietnam. Of course, he's been crushing it ever since. Sitting down with these boys, we covered a lot of ground. That's why we've got this in two parts. Here in the first part, we get into detail about why be a digital nomad in the first place. What does it mean to have freedom of time, location, and money? And what is the cost of living when we start thinking internationally? 
Why is it that when starting a business out here, your goal can be three times easier to get and you have three times longer to get there? We also get into detail about types of work, including teaching a variety of world languages, online or otherwise, private consulting, how to really leverage your skill set, how to break into a new market, learning new skills on your own and being self-taught, how to switch your current job to being more remote. We also get into, for whom is this a bad idea? Those whom don't have an open mind, no money, no plan, or don't plan on changing themselves. We also take a deeper look at the importance of learning the local language, including how that can help you with your business, golden rules of partnering with locals when it comes to building up your empire. Finally, we talk about the advantages of going to Vietnam right now, including its social environment, radical rate of expansion. Truly, Vietnam is in its golden age right now. We hope you enjoy the Digital Nomad Lifestyle, Part 1. Welcome, everybody. You know already that this is about being a digital nomad. Martino, tell me a little about yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Martino. I'm Italian. You can hear my accent, so I apologize in advance for, for this and for my mistake that I can do. I'm Italian. I'm a digital nomad since a couple of years, three years. Uh, I'm not a typical digital nomad because I'm a trader. So I buy and sell uh, stocks, futures and uh, this kind of stuff. So nobody's paying my my salary every month, but I have to gain it. Uh, but yes, it's a way to do digital nomad lifestyle, different way, but can work. And uh, I will never go back. If I can help somebody, I'm happy. <laughs> well, good. So in other words, you were a full-time guy uh, in Italy at yeah. one point. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Suit and tie? In, uh, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Not suit and tie right now because I like but uh, yeah, before I was, uh, I had a full-time job in Italy where uh, I was working, working, working for a small salary, super stressful. I wasn't, I wasn't on my own time. So I feel like my life is um, somebody else. So yeah, I was really tired about this. So I decided to risk everything and uh, build my future. And uh, at the moment, it's working. So yeah, here I am to speak about it. Yeah, right on. Kicking ass in Vietnam. Yeah. But yeah, long gone. What's your story? So we're talking about being a digital nomad, and there's hundreds of different ways that you can do that. It's over the course of, I don't know, I'm just going to call it about 18 years. I've always wanted to do something like work from home, set my own schedule, and then be free. But for at least 15 of those years, I didn't accomplish any of that at all. But it was always on my mind. So for 15 of those years, I was always looking at different things that I could do. And what eventually started happening is I actually came to Vietnam first before I had even mastered or thought about how I was going to pull off being a digital nomad. Uh, what I did is I just started teaching. And to be a, an American and to teach Vietnamese people English is something that is really simple to get into. Uh, depending on the city. Brad's made a bunch of, of YouTube videos already about being a teacher in Vietnam. So there's ups and downs to that too. I fell into that. And then as I was doing that, I was making simple little WordPress websites for a couple hundred dollars here, then several hundred dollars, then a grand. And now I'm shooting for uh, getting WordPress websites done with some customization and search engine optimization for a few grand. Uh, now, if I make one website and we my team and I pull that off, that one website 
which will take me a few weeks to put together, will last me a few months worth of bills to pay. In so expenses that, here. In expenses, in expenses. Now, if I were in America, I would need to build about three of those websites a month to be able to both pay everything that I need to pay and then save money. Here, it's one every three months. We'll just about do right, that. Right, yeah. right, right. And we're going to really get into this deep, but uh, one big one and a good starting point here is why be a digital nomad in the first place mm-hmm. and why come to Vietnam? Because it's not the only way to live and it's not right for everybody. But the big whys, and we're uh, going to come at this from a few angles, but a huge one is that darn cost of living, folks. You know, like to say it differently, you know, in America, reasonably, I would need $3,000 a month, let's say, to have a real basic, you know, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, That's 3000 after, after taxes. taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means, shoot, I need a 50 grand a year salary just to survive. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Vietnam, uh, $1,000 a month, I'm laughing. No debt. I figured out that if I actually budgeted and I didn't like get any kind of fancy foods and I just had basic foods from markets and grocery stores, it costs me $470 a month. That's rent, cell phone, uh, gas for my vehicle, which is a motorbike. Food is the biggest expenditure. I'm a big guy and I have to consume a lot of calories. Bless uh, that's a, and Oh, and I'm trying to get in a lot of protein. Put that all in and it's about $470 a month uh, to live in my own kind of efficiency apartment and get everything that I need. And so there's a really big difference between $4,500 and $470. Right. So what you can do then is because you have that freedom, you don't need to make, you don't need to constantly be hustling, hustling, hustling taking shortcuts and feeling like you're at the end of your rope to build your digital nomad, whatever it is. For me, it's a business. So I'm just going to talk about building your own business. Uh, Martino went a different route. But for me, it's building a business. So you don't, you have all the time in the world to build your business. You can do cutthroat rates, uh, undercut everyone's price, and uh, kind of work at a very low rate for an American. So I'm an American working for other Americans and I'm the cheapest person out there. I don't want to be the cheapest person out there forever, but to get started and to get my name going and just to live, to build my brand and build my business, I can do that immediately by being in Vietnam as opposed to America. In America, I'd have to do it part-time while I work another job full-time. Instead of getting my business up and running in a couple of months, it would take a couple of years reasonably because I'm best case. Right. Yeah. Yep. And now here, actually, that's exactly what happened is once I started hitting it hard, like actually getting serious about growing, like just writing a couple of blog posts and reaching out to people and getting a couple of friends involved, within three months, I tripled my my teaching income. I tripled my income by being a digital nomad. So I'm actually, I will will be having enough money to be solidly middle class or upper middle class for by Vietnamese standards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in just a couple months. My $470, you got to understand, I live in a small place in a relatively smallish city, and I don't have a family. So if those things were not the case, I'm sure 1200 Yeah, oh, yeah. easy. Yeah, so yeah, it's a pretty fair. Yeah, with $500, uh-huh. I live in the land that is slightly more expensive than well, but with $500, you can absolutely live and be a decent, do a decent life. Uh, last month, I spent like uh, 1000 but I included this suite. Try to do this in Italy. And yes, a couple of travels, so yes, 1,000. 
uh, and do a good life. I live close to the beach every day when it's not raining in this season, of course. A couple of times and uh, also European food. So yeah, it's absolutely possible. In Italy, maybe life is not expensive like America. You can live in Italy with $1,000 a month. You must because the salary is very low. But you, you can survive. Work, sleep, watching TV, work, sleep, watching TV. And maybe if you're lucky, you can survive. But the day you must go to the dentist, you're fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, So the money-wise, is that a major reason for you being here, that you yeah. have more freedom in Vietnam because you can just take your time? Exactly. Right? For me, the, the, the point is freedom. It's never be money. Normally, the people who do my job trading is, uh, I want to become rich, I want to I wanna drive a Ferrari. Yeah, uh, I wish to, but uh, it's not the point. The point is to have free time. I'm 40 year old. I'm tired to have uh, my life controlled to somebody else. Mm. So I want my time. I want to manage my time. I want to be free. And uh, the best way to be free is uh, stay in one place, not so expensive. If, if tomorrow I, I lose my job, I lose uh, my investment are closed, you know, I can survive for a couple of years with the backup money and uh, find something else. Nobody's forcing me to do anything that uh, I don't want to. And this, mm. is, this is very important. So yeah, doing doing my own business for uh, with no boss in a place that uh, allows me to do some mistake, to mm-hmm. look new opportunities, and uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, the best part of this uh, to be thing. Sure, uh, sure. Specifically here, yeah, right? Specifically here, but I think it's, it's the same in uh, in all Asia. Okay. I like Vietnam because uh, for many reasons, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be the same in Myanmar, Laos, uh, Thailand. Is- Start to be more expensive, but yeah, mm-hmm. I also did in Thailand and this was working. And I, I haven't done the research, but I'm sure there's dozens of countries you could pull off something similar to what we're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did some research. Uh, yeah, you have all all uh, Eastern Europe, uh, South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's America, great yeah. If you need a very strong internet, maybe not every country in uh, South America is okay. They told me that, for example, Cuba is, uh, is a paradise, but you can't online teach from Cuba because internet is. Right. Not good at all. So yeah, must think about it. All Asia basically it's okay. Uh, maybe maybe if you avoid Japan for Japan is beautiful country and stuff. But yeah, the rent is insane. So, <laughs> right. Uh, all the point. Yeah, I'm free. Yeah, mm-hmm. depends. Right. <laughs> depends. Right. Right. So to, to use some data points here, just as an example, let's just say real fast that a person in America wants to start their own business, and let's say. They have 20 grand uh, in American dollars that they want to invest into this. Well, once again, if your living expenses are 3000 a month, let's just say you've got about seven months of freedom, basically, uh, before your money's gone, less mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have seven months to figure out how to make at least $3,000 a month. Now, if you come to Vietnam, actually, that same 20 grand will buy you two years. Right. So now you have two years. Two and a fi- half, three, if you really, yeah, really, really yeah, it. you could make it four to figure <laughs> out how to make a thousand bucks a month. All right. So your 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 goal is half as difficult or a third as difficult, and you have three times longer to try to get there. Yeah, you yeah. got time to make mistakes and time to just flounder around. And not only that, so then let's say you start making three three thousand a month. Mm-hmm. In this case, by living in Vietnam, now you can reinvest two thousand five hundred into the growth and expansion yeah. of your business. Yeah. Whereas in America, you're right back where you started the next month. You've got some some uh, discipline now, and you've got some uh, habits, and you might have a, a list of, of people that you can call and clients, again, talking about building a business. 
but you don't really have any money left over after you've done all that. That's why mm -hmm. I said to do the same thing in, in America as I want to do here in Vietnam, we're talking well, really one website a month versus three websites a month is what we're talking. Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, it is three times as hard. Basically. So yeah, and that so that's one common denominator with uh, three of us here is is we're here because the time freedom thing you have a lot more flexibility and a lot more time to figure out what you want to do, and if you have like a big long term goal like this is going to take two years to get this goal, well it's reasonable to do it here in Vietnam where that would be unreasonable to try to do at home because of this expenses. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Vietnam is good for a lot of reasons. The price, so the price is super cheap, yep, but the standard good. of living is higher than you would expect considering yeah. the price. I'm going to mention right now, bigger than my parents' house. Yeah, bigger oh. than his parents' house, and it's modern, and it's nice, and it's super slick. And how much does it cost you a month? Like 200, 200 bucks. bucks a month. Right. Yeah, buddy. I mean, I don't understand. Oh, and my my internet is 80 megabits. 80 <laughs> megabit internet is $15 a month. So right. Shut up, It's so yeah. fast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much faster than the Italian one is... Uh, and for example, maybe I speak with my friends. Ah, you go to Vietnam, you go there into the jungle. Yeah. Then I show the picture of Da Nang. All right, the jungle. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the concrete jungle. Yeah. <laughs> the resorts that lie yeah. on the beach. Yeah. Look at the jungle. Yeah. It's uh, Da Nang is like New York now. And they, it's right. like London, but with the beach and then cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, London? Oh, yeah. we're talking like 30 times cheaper. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And not only that, because, well, at least for those of us that are native English speakers, I know that's mm -hmm. not everybody, but for those of us that are native English speakers, if if stuff really goes south and nothing works and we're broke and we need money now, uh, the native English speakers can get a job at an English center teaching for 12 to $16 an hour. Now, at $16 an hour, you work 15 hours a week. And your expenses are covered easily. Yeah, yeah, you're making twelve hundred bucks. Work work ten hours a week, and you, I could still make my expenses working ten hours a week, which means I still have another fifty, sixty, seventy hours within my week that I can play with to start a new business idea again. So it's like going to the casino, and if you're you lose your chips, if the casino just handed you more chips and you had infinite number of chips to play with. Uh, you would never lose, and that's right. kind of what happens. I mean, you do get older eventually, but for the most part, yeah, you can try try again and try again and try again as many times as you want, and there's really no overhead you need to worry about. And with a little overhead you do have, you can teach for 10 hours a week, and you're fine. It's right. a good point. But also for a non-English speaker, it's, yeah. of course, more difficult, but right. you can do it if you speak Spanish, French, or Italian, even Italian. I don't know why, but a lot of people want to study Italian. You can teach maybe not in a center, but online. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find some somebody to teach. Well, that's another thing, too, is like with a lot of online teaching programs out there, uh, I taught Vietnamese people online through a website, but there's tons of foreign language websites, and you can teach any language that you want yeah. on there. Yep. And you don't need to teach Vietnamese people. You could be teaching, you as an Italian man exactly. living in Vietnam, you could be teaching a Cuban exactly. Italian. Exactly. That's the point. Uh, I'm not doing this because uh, I want my time at the moment. I'm okay. It's my emergency plan. Right. So I was teaching uh, a lot of years in, in Italy, Italian to, mm -hmm. to the immigrants, and uh, I can do easily do again. The very first moment that I'm running out of money, I go there and teach Italian. And you can do it. You can do Spanish, French. Okay, of course, if you're born in Uzbekistan, yeah, maybe you have a problem with this. But yeah, uh -huh. I'm sure you're going to figure out mm -hmm. something else. Here, another thing that I want to say here is 
full of opportunities. Oh yeah. I don't know if um, another uh, another reason to come here is big, big, big opportunity because you're gonna meet a lot of people who are doing interesting stuff. It's range, literally range opportunities. Yeah, it rains uh, opportunities. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into that. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into the face-to-face uh, okay. mixes for sure. I did want to say italki. I put this on here yes. as an example. Now, by the way, having an obscure language uh, it might sound weird, but actually there is one guy on there that speaks Osha, you know, the, the clicking language from uh, South Africa. Yep, but you know what? He's the only guy. He's the only one. Rare as it may be, yep, uh, he's demanding 20 bucks an hour to take Scotia. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, bless, hey, he could just be sitting there chilling and crushing it. So the point is, I'm uh, teaching, especially teaching online, I feel is uh, is very, very superior choice for a few main reasons. Uh, well, the obvious ones are, well, you get paid and you work from home. Ah, sweet. Okay, that's obvious. No. You're sitting there currently in the United States right now and going to come over here to Vietnam. Well, you could actually get started now before you come over. In other words, you can try teaching online in a one-on-one setting first and see, A, see if you like it, B, see if you're good at it. But it's reasonable for you to uh, work 20 hours a week from while sitting in the United States, have this as a career, and then just take a break for a couple of days as you come over here to Vietnam fundamentally, and then just pick up where you left off. In fact, you can be anywhere on earth that you want, but you can start now. That's brilliant. That's awesome. You know, and you're not going to become a millionaire, residual income, pie in the sky stuff. It's an hourly job, but it's not bad. Now you're not going to be able to support yourself in America, but again, thousand bucks a month in Vietnam, you're laughing. Right. Yeah. And I was just going to mention that teaching, teaching English online as an American, and that's your primary source of income, even if it's a second part-time job, it's not very good because it doesn't pay that much. But then as soon as you move to Vietnam, all of a sudden, you got to remember that $12 an hour is the equivalent of about $70 an hour American. Right. In terms so, now, of so, power. so now all of a sudden you're doing okay. Right, right, right. And um, I'm going to share right now, there's a Google Docs list of uh, potential schools in which a person could teach English from home or from your phone or from wherever. So I'm going to go ahead and share that now. There's, I think, a 20-something you know, on there. So if this is something that you're considering, and it's a great route, by the way, and I've done this for years. I do a lot of things online, but this is one of them. This is great and source of one of my biggest joys. So I'll go ahead and share that. Now, you do online uh, teaching and consulting, but not language teaching. Yeah. In fact, uh, you do more Again, a consulting angle. Yeah. Does that sound right? And what could you yeah. say about that? What's your? Exactly. I'm consulting um, some companies, some private client in Italy about uh, trading stuff, investing, uh, and uh, this kind of thing. Of course, it's not something that oh, okay, everybody can do it in uh, in uh, two seconds, okay? But it's um, another point of digital nomad life. You are good in something. You know something better than other people. Teach, teach this thing. Uh, consult. Find a way to. Um, to make money of your knowledge. And it's not necessary that you are in front of the person. Nowadays, 2020 almost, everything is can, can made by computer. I don't need to go in to Milan office to say, to this, like, yeah, I think that uh, this, uh, this stock is good, it's got stock, not good. I can do easily from the beach with my phone <laughs> and right. say, yeah, uh, my idea is that. Mm, what's gonna change for them? Absolutely nothing. What's gonna change for me? Everything. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you touched on a topic that I want to talk into yeah. where you're talking about like 
you are good at something. And I want to talk about when you first start the digital nomad life and then how you get more deeply invested into it. So first of all, there's there's different jobs that you can do right off the bat that will take you just a couple of days to learn. That's what we call like low hanging fruit. So you can earn money within a couple of days, but you're not going to earn a lot of money. And the reason is, of course, is because thousands of other people are doing that. So here in Hawaii City, for example, you could be the guy or gal that goes around to, to restaurants and businesses, especially in the English speaking districts and help them with their Facebook pages and update their menus and things like that. Now, that'll take you like a day or two to put together uh, to learn to start a business that way. Yep, and you actually did that. I, yeah. actually, I actually did that. Now, but there's other people doing that too. And so eventually you can start there just to get started. What I would eventually recommend is in leveling up as quickly as you possibly can and specializing in a skill that other people just don't want to do, can't do, don't have the intelligence to do, don't have the passion to do. Because as soon as you do something difficult, anything that's difficult that takes weeks or months to learn how to do, immediately you cut out 90% of the competition. Right now we're talking about skills and like little strategies, but Martino, you were saying that you have some friends who say, oh, they wish you, they could be like you. Oh, yeah. And all they would it's need to do is one or two extra little things, and then they just don't. Yeah, no, it's actually plenty of my, my friends who say this. When I go back in Italy, or even if I call them, uh, say, yeah, your life is so great. Ah, I want to do the same. Ah, come on, do it. See that? Yeah. <laughs> I can understand. Okay, some people maybe have a big family with kids. It's difficult. Some other people have the perfect job to do it. No children. Uh, in some cases, no relationship. In other cases, they have a relationship, but with a person who can do exactly the same and want to ask. The only thing is try. Try to maybe call your um, your job and say, yeah, it's going to be good for you if uh, I work remotely uh, from my computer. You can pay me less, uh, less salary. Or quit your job. You have your money. And try. Just try. You can, you're going to find a job in... Three seconds. Right. In, in your, right. Yeah. Uh, I have this friend. He's very good. He's very good to uh, design jewelry. Close to my city, you have uh, one of the, the Italian capital of design jewelry. So ah. If, if, you, if it's Italian capital, it's more or less world capital. Here, Chinese people, they're going to pay him yeah. insane amount. And he's very good. He's very good on his job. He's mm. very good. Every Chinese company going to pay him like uh, all mm. our free salary together. Oh, yeah. He's going to get in, in the first 15 days. But yes, yeah, I don't know. Here I have the, my job is uh, I have uh, the contract for all life. If I want, uh, I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I understand. But then when I show I show you my picture on the beach, I don't want to hear you say, "No, I wish to be there." Yeah, because, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot better than me. Actually. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and you got at a good point there. And I really want to mention um, being able to leverage your skill set. What that means is, let's just say a friend of mine from America is a CPA, a certified public accountant. You could take that skill set here in Vietnam and you could be just an online consultant. You know, like, hey, I'm just 20 bucks an hour. Call me and I answer tax questions worldwide. That's it. You can make money on that. You could uh, do taxes for expats that are otherwise living here. You can. Yes. <laughs> like that would be an example. You would have no trouble at all. Being making a full time income, being a CPA here, just online, sitting at home, working on your computer. And if you're into, I mean, gosh darn, just about anything, you know, you could probably be a consultant for it. Uh, certainly, 
uh, SEO or a website building things. Yeah, right? but I learned how to build websites just by playing around with building websites. And I did it and uh, doing website stuff and web marketing and SEO stuff for me is just, I did it on my computer and it's a new skill that I learned over time. That there are a lot of things that you can learn that don't require a college degree, don't require a certification from anybody. Mm. Just the fact the proof is in the pudding. You build something, you show somebody that you built something, that's the proof that you know how to mm. do it. You can learn some sort of skill, whatever skill that is, part-time, and for an hour or a couple of hours a day in a few months, you'll now have a skill that if nothing else, you can teach other people how mm. to do. Man, I work for Americans. I don't sell websites to Vietnamese people. I work for Americans. You don't work for Vietnamese people. Okay, Brad, you do a mix. Yeah, I definitely do, but that's, I'm different. Yeah. Right. You're different. Right, right, right. You're different in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's take this as an example. Okay. Let's say you're from America and let's just say you know how to repair iPhones. You know how to repair screens and replace batteries and things along those lines. Great. Well, you can show up in Vietnam if you know actually how to do it. And you can take a broken one and replace it and get it done. You're in. Yeah, you can get a job right away. Uh, that's hard to do digitally or online by definition. Mm -hmm. but, but that would be an example. You just show right up. Are they, They're not going to ask you, show me the piece of paper that has an Apple certification with your name on it. and with No, I don't care. If you can do it, there you, you go. Did it. You the did fact it. that you did it proves that you know how to do it. That's right. That's right. right. So I wanted to be clear. Uh, never shown anybody any certification of any kind once ever in the history of me being here nor have I ever printed off a resume and handed that to anybody, nor has anyone ever asked about my credentials or anything like that ever once because I just prove it and they just look at it right away and they're like, yeah, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's the point. Yeah. You can learn everything. The point is find something that you like and you're, you're good to and learn it. Now and day, I think that 80% at least of the, the work you can do from everywhere or from remote. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, about the learning part-time, uh, I, I don't have any degree in finance, economics. I did all by myself. Of course, not in six months. Yeah, it was right. uh, quite longer. Right. But, uh, but yeah, um, if you have the right motivation, you can do everything. Because the point is find your, your spot. I'm telling you, so I can only really speak about websites and marketing and, and SEO and stuff like that. But... I put together my first WordPress website and it was terrible and I had no skills and it's probably not SEO optimized for anything. Uh, but I put my first one together after just fiddling around for a month. So finance and investing sounds like it's a very complex topic that oh, you need yeah. to know a lot about. With uh, website building, it's just the, the value in that is that other people don't want to be bothered to have to learn how to do it. So they're, they're hiring me to save themselves time. I, I tell people a lot that, that that's a topic that's like an ocean of knowledge because it's never ending. You will never reach the, the bottom of things that you need to know, but every single piece is simple. So you could learn just simple pieces and build a business around mm -hmm. that. Right. And uh, I'm going to put uh, two websites on here for you guys, freelancer.com and fiber.com. And here's why. All you got to do is look around these sites and see what other people are doing and offering in terms of service. And or just type in anything you want. What are you good at? Well, I can translate. Oh, I could translate from English to Italian. Let's just say. Okay, great. You know what? There's a ton of people on Fiverr and Freelancer. That's all they do. Yep. And uh, you can actually see exactly, oh, okay, how much business do they get? How much money do they make? Now, we are getting back into the low-hanging fruit thing again. Yep. You just said there's a ton of people on, on Fiverr that that's what all they do. Yep. 
So the upside is that the downside is there's a ton of people on Fiverr. That's all they do. Mm -hmm. They've been there for years. They have the five star ratings. So we, we've been talking about this a lot is breaking into the market. And that's, mm -hmm. where the, that's where I think you can start earning a few pennies by doing, by doing some of those things. But you want to specialize as quickly as possible. I don't know how to play the Fiverr game very well. Uh, although, again, I didn't know how to do anything very well until I started learning it. So uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a strategy or a system somewhere out there that you could find on how to break into Fiverr. As soon as you break into it, as soon as you get those first handful, a dozen five-star reviews at a decent price, that's where it starts taking off. Mm. So I just, I just got to warn people, sometimes that low-hanging fruit is trickier than it seems only because there's the breaking into it factor, out-competing all of the other 10,000 people that are already doing it. Once you do that, though... A bunch of times, several times, it gets better. Covering a heck of a lot of broad topics here, really fast, and uh, well, that's because the problem way. is is to become a digital nomad. The problem and the benefit, of course, is there's hundreds of ways to do it. Right. Uh, in fact, the, the technique that you use to become a digital nomad, the job that you pick, the field that you pick, your billing, your hours, how you set it up with, how, how you actually earn money, the how of actually earning money as a digital nomad. There's already hundreds, if not thousands of YouTube videos, and you don't even need to pay for an online course or anything like that. You could probably cobble together with a bunch of different channels and a lot of different videos coming up with your own idea of how to, how to become a digital nomad. That's not the problem, in my opinion. The problem, in my opinion, is where are you in life? How, what are you like as a person? Uh, what values do you actually hold? A lot of your friends are saying, oh, I wish I could be like you. Yeah, no. Otherwise, you would have yeah. been. <laughs> yeah. already. You don't, you, already. You, want to, you want to work on the beach on your computer sometimes. And on those days, you feel like working on the beach sometimes. You say to Martino, I want to be like you. But if you actually wanted it, you would actually do that and take all the... The problem is that there's pain that comes with that. There's... For some people, risk that comes with that. Yeah. There's the fear of the unknown. Exactly. There's the you have to be self-motivating because you don't have a boss looking over your shoulder. You have to be the kind of person that knows you're going to get stuff done in a reasonable amount of time without someone breathing down your neck. And you might not be that person. What are you more? Maybe you actually don't actually like traveling. You like vacationing, but you don't like living in another country. You think it's this romantic idea, but but actually living in a different country scares the bejesus out of you. So no, you actually don't want to be Martin like Martino. You just kind of think you do, sort of. Because he's handsome. I think the point is going out of, uh, from your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Because uh, your little city in, in your country, when uh, your family at your side, it's it's easy. Uh, it's You're used to it. So yeah, uh, I would like to, to travel and uh, try to live in another country, working from the beach. And I really like the idea. But yeah, I'm, it's hard, you know. Here I'm fine. I have my friends, my, my dog, my mother that to prepare for me lasagna when I want. Of course, he's lasagna. This is actually a big point. <laughs> the worst part of being a digital nomad in any place was not Italy is that but apart from this, <laughs> uh, no, you know the, the comfort uh, that's the point because uh, even um, I have uh, very smart friends that uh, they can kick us outside they can do everything they want but they don't do just because they are too not scared lazy is different because if you are scared 
I can understand because it, it, it's scary. I'm traveling since a lot of years and every time the, the week before tra- departing, I'm okay, I'm doing the right thing. Mm, maybe this time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die in the airport because somebody going to sell my organs. I'm going to kiss my family, I want lasagna. Oh no, I'm doing stupid. And it's normal. It's human. Being lazy is less human. Yeah, I want to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. That's the point. Because if you're happy with your life, okay. You say, yeah, I want to work for the beach, but it's okay because you're smiling every day. You're happy. If you are sad, depressed, then blah, blah, blah. And you don't do anything at all to change this. Living in a different place and making new friends and starting a whole new career. And even a whole new system of working. Again, you're not on anyone else's schedule and you're your own boss. And that sounds romantic. There are moments right now that I work a lot of hours. Some day I do nothing. Some other day I work maybe 10 hours. Uh-huh. This is actually more than I was working before uh, with my regular job. Mm-hmm. But it's completely different because I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm. and I do it for me and I want to take the post when I want. I don't have anybody say, yeah, it's, uh, it's 9, 10. And you're supposed to, to arrive in the office at 9. What's happened? Why this 10 minutes? And say, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but well, I'm really thinking it. I'm gonna kick you. You're so hard. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, your life is so unhappy that you you are you must. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was eating lasagna. <laughs> I don't know how it is you go about finding work opportunities, but you can take the money that you are earning and reinvestment towards your own advertisement, your own brand building, your own buying the equipment for a YouTube channel, or you can work a little bit less paid hours because you're getting plenty of money. Now you can do like free hours where you're still working, growing in ways that he can't because he's too, he's too strapped because he's got, he's got too much overhead. Mm. So yeah, you just start beating everybody. If you're the right personality for it. But again, for whom is this a bad idea to become a digital nomad and ultimately come to Vietnam? That all depends on how you structure it. So, for example, when I first came to Vietnam, my intention was to be here three months, go home back to America, and whatever. It was just supposed to be a very long vacation. So, But if you build up the revenue, just like you were talking about uh, teaching English then coming over here, uh, that will work great. But if you come over here with no plan, uh, you stick to yourself, you don't meet any people, you don't really go outside, eventually it's going to fail. So you got to kind of know yourself because if you're a shy person who is a quite a bit of an introvert and you struggle with mental health issues and you don't have a plan, I wouldn't do it until you get a few of those things fixed or under control. Mm. Because coming to a new country completely out of your depth and you don't know anyone and you don't understand the culture with no money and no plan, which is what I did. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it was a bad idea, though. It's yeah. not, not going to be great. The only reason it worked out great is because I just I lived with Brad. I sat yeah, on right. his couch. Yeah. I sat on his couch, and I had a little bit of pocket money, but not a lot. And so it worked out fine. I already had my plane ticket paid for back to America and everything. But what I would do if I were to do it again is to, well, first of all, whatever country you go to, now is a good time to learn basic whatever language of whatever country you're going to. If I, if I ever do go to Ukraine, I intend to learn a bit of Ukrainian before I get on the plane to go to Ukraine. Get some sort of plan together of how you're going to make at least a little bit of money once you get there. So if you don't do that, it could potentially be a bad idea, especially if you're struggling with mental health. It could really help your mental health a lot, and I can talk a little bit about that. But it could, if you're not careful, wallop you because, like I said, you're, you're 
out of your depth. You're in a different place. Uh, you haven't made any friends yet. You're feeling kind of broke. You don't have a plan. And now all of a sudden it could just hit you in a wave of like fear and anxiety and depression. It could. Me, for 90% of the days, especially when I first came here, it was the opposite. Being here helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, who else wouldn't be a good idea for? If you actually don't plan on changing, like if you think I want to be like Martino, but you don't actually want to be more like Martino, one day you get the urge to buy the plane ticket and come. But now, now you kind of have to sink or swim. So change it's not, your mind, change your mentality. It's not good. It's not good for a lot of people if you don't have the right personality. Uh, I would also say about 15% of the United States of America population has an IQ of 85 or lower. And so you kind of got to be able to think on your feet, but that's with any business, any successful, any being successful in life, period. So that's not just being a digital nomad. Being a digital nomad won't fix everything. You got to be able to think on your feet. You got to be creative. You got to be a problem solver and you have to be able to kind of adapt and overcome. If you know about yourself that you're not, you don't really do that very easily. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. That's a good answer. What also, would you say? Yeah, I know some people that can't become digital nomads or live in another country. Not because it's not, not smart, but just because it's, uh, his mind is not open. I mean, uh, people that maybe five years of traveling around, not, not speak Vietnamese, because can be, but don't speak English. After you go, for example, in this particular example, to Thailand, mm-hmm. for five years in a row and, and stay there for months, is un- completely unacceptable. You're not able to order stuff. But that's why, because you're stupid. No, because you think you're superior. You think that, uh, yeah, I'm Italian, so yeah, I arrived there in Asia. These people is poor, it's not like me. Uh, yeah, I just want to eat pizza and spaghetti all day. I don't care about Asian food. I don't care about anything, but I have money. So yeah, here I am, the boss. Okay, mm-hmm. stay home, please. My, my problem with not speaking Vietnamese as a side tangent is I never, I always have it in my head, well, how much longer am I going to be in Vietnam? I think I'm going to take off in about six months or so. I always have it in my head that I'm not going to be here much longer. Uh, so then when I take a look at the investment of learning Vietnamese, I'm like, well, it's not going to be worth it. Here I am two and a half years later. Well, how much longer am I really going to be here, though? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think I think the same if you move to another country. If it's your intention to actually be there, uh, especially for a couple or a few years, I think it's rude not to look, try to learn another language. Exactly. The other people that you are seeing are people like you, not imperial because uh, mm-hmm. uh, right. um, in a less developed country and, and stuff, uh, and you are not the boss. Hey, stay home, please. We don't need you right, around. Right. Thailand is full of these people because for, for many reasons. That, but, but they are everywhere. And, and these people, a good life on travel on vacation because uh, they, they pay, they spend an insane amount of money. You're not respectful enough to, to, to learn from the other culture. Um, it's a different kind of smart. Exactly. It's a different kind of smart. Exactly. You could be the A student, 4.0 student yeah. with every credential and, a, and a, you know, a, a resume, you know, with more lines on it, you know, uh, than ever. It's mentally uh, being flexible, right? Exactly. And, and I got I to gotta jump in on this one because this is my focal point, personally, uh, is, yes, the language. In fact, uh, you, uh, Pablo... Uh, as an example, are learning Vietnamese with us. Yeah. Now, learning uh, Vietnamese in the case of coming to Vietnam, to pick that as an example, one could say that it's an optional choice, which is to say, if you don't learn Vietnamese, you will still be able to survive. Yep. Uh, okay. So 
that's a, a good thing and a bad thing. Right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And the reason it's a bad thing, you can get comfortable and get complacent. But at some level, you're fundamentally living in a bubble and you're not able to take care of yourself. No, it's kind of like folks who have an IQ of below 85 don't know that they're a dumbass. And also people who are not open-minded don't know that they're not open-minded. When a person has been living in, in Vietnam for five years and never learned Vietnamese, they have no fathom and no idea of what it's actually like. Uh, will speaking Vietnamese help you in your digital nomad life? Yes and no. Yes and no. For some people, if you're making websites for folks in America, you don't need it. I mean, it, it's not a component in there. Mm-hmm. However, that's uh, a more more realistic question is, hey, if you're working 20 hours a week, let's just say, you know, which is a fairly common number of uh, working hours for a lot of people who are digital nomads, uh, what are you doing with the rest of your time? I mean, what's left? Uh, the people, really. And so uh, your options are sit at home and watch videos, sit at home by yourself and, you know, do whatever, uh, or talk with other expats. And they're not bad options by themselves. They're not evil. They're not wrong. But you're missing the point and you're missing the other 80% of your life, which is to say being literate, you know, being able to read signs, joining festivals, making friends, going off and partying at the local Quan, you know, things like that. So in that regard, being fluent or reasonably fluent or knowing uh, the local language is a game changer in terms of your whole life surrounding your digital nomad, you know, situation. That is a very huge one. To, to wind this back, being a digital nomad in my own case is dependent on that. In other words, I make money on uh, that and my businesses uh, work on that. For example, if I was a non-Vietnamese speaker and I want to go and talk to Vietnamese people about making a website or helping their business be online or get on Facebook, there's about 5% of people I could talk to about that topic and make it work. But the other 95%, I'd be blocked off and I couldn't yeah. talk to them because of the bubble thing. Now, in my case, because I speak Vietnamese, I can talk to any business, any business owner anywhere in the city. If there is 100 American digital nomad SEO optimization guys all stacked together, plus me, they're going to pick me for sure. For sure. Day one, no question. They don't even care about a credential, won't even blink, won't even send them an email because I speak Vietnamese. So... By speaking Vietnamese, if you plan on working and partnering with people, you know, here locally, which I recommend, yeah, all the doors are open. All the connections are there. Everything is easy. It's so easy. Uh, you get the full, like, uh, social environment here in Vietnam uh, that you have access to all of a sudden. Without the language, you have access to none of it. Or you need to have a Vietnamese partner, like one partner that can do, uh, yeah. go to the, the factory on your behalf or talk to this company on your behalf or you know, whatever the case is, and you're dependent on that one guy. Or I would recommend five people. Uh, that's kind of what I've been, I've been building, slowly been building a team of translators, and but you're still relying on them, their availability, their willingness to help. So mm-hmm. it still does slow, slow you down a bit. Sure. Instead of just going to a store and getting something and, and negotiating, getting something fixed, you got to now schedule it with the other person that's going to go with you. To, yeah. So it slows you down. Big time. Big For time. sure. Well, and actually, uh, that's an interesting segue into uh, not only being a digital nomad independently, for example, doing, you know, again, websites or doing, uh, you know, consulting, but partnering with local Vietnamese people is is a big topic. 
And, and that's a really big deal for a few reasons. I just wanted to start off by saying this. When it comes to finding a new business and creating a new business, let's say in Vietnam here, I, I usually tell folks right away a couple of golden rules, okay? And golden rule number one is Vietnamese people are smarter than you collectively. You know, you add up like 100 million Vietnamese people, they are smarter than you. They will work harder than you. They will figure it out better than you. They will definitely work harder than you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they'll work cheaper than you for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's more of them. Uh, and they have way more experience and they are perfectly fluent in the language. They are just, I mean, on most tasks, most of the time, under most circumstances, Vietnamese people will win if you directly try to compete with them. In other words, you try to sell soup uh, next to a hundred other Vietnamese people, you're going to fail, period. You know, if you try to compete with Vietnamese people. I don't know how fail. Vietnamese people do it. I don't know. You're you selling me bowls of soup, but the waitresses are, are earning something like 50 cents an hour. And that's not like a wage plus tips. There are no tips here. They earn 50 cents an hour. With a smile. They will outwork you for less, for sure. So if there's any business you have in mind, and you're uh, at some level you're competing with Vietnamese people, you will lose, <laughs> sir or madam. They will beat you. And they are smart in ways that you are dumb. With that said, golden rule number two. If you partner with Vietnamese people and have them on your team, you win. Leverage where your advantages are. Here's an example of this. Vietnamese people, and this is just one example out of thousands. Vietnamese people are super good at uh, videos, wedding videos, montage videos, video editing, you know, and video design and so forth. They are awesome. Drone footage, you know, all this and that. They are way better than the average American wedding photographer person by a long shot, by a long shot. And they work for cheap. They'll do a video of a wedding for like 50 bucks. And then they'll put together like a two hour montage video that took them like a week. They'll bang that out for like a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not going to beat them. However, if you find American clients that have a bunch of footage from a bunch of weddings, and then you were to instead like get all this footage on some Google Drive link, and then you were to be the middleman and you were to take all this footage, send it to a Vietnamese guy and have him bang it out using his strengths for that hundred bucks, then turn around and then give it to said American client for a thousand. Yeah. Well, you just made $900 for <laughs> you sent an email because you partnered with Vietnamese people. If you try to edit this video yourself, you're going to lose. But if you partner with Vietnamese people and connect these two people together, you're laughing. I'd pay the Vietnamese yeah. man maybe 150 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pay him extra. Oh, pay, yeah. pay him extra. So then word spreads that you're good to partner with. More people want to partner with you. And that guy wants to make you his exclusive go-to guy for uh -huh. work. Uh-huh. Because you're paying 50% more. Right. So this is a perfect example. By knowing nothing about wedding videos, knowing nothing about video editing, not even having a computer. <laughs> nothing. So this is an example by partnering with Vietnamese people, this opens up an entire new galaxy of opportunities that don't exist for normal people. A normal American could never normally can go to a Vietnamese consultant agency video editing. They would never connect these two. But because you're in the middle, you make 900 bucks for doing And it's infinitely scalable. If you had 10 people that give uh, 10 wedding video montage things that you wanted to do, I guess you just sent 10 emails that month instead of one. No, you're going to have you're to build that business because you're going to have to find ways. You're going to have to find who need that service done. 
So this is not a this will work tomorrow thing. Mm-hmm. Once yeah. you get it set up, which could take you a year, you it might take you a long time to find a constant flow of clients that want that done. And to build a reliable team who can deliver in a timely manner might take you a year to do that. But once you've got it, you've got it. Then you're laughing. So there's, and, and by the way, to use that wedding video example right there, how many of those would you need to do a month? One? One. One. Yeah, one. if you had just one person anywhere on and, earth. And if you feel like building wealth, if you be, feel like be, being an actual rich person, I mean rich by American standards rich, mm-hmm. fine, do 10. Right, so <laughs> whatever, bank the rest, bank yeah. the other $9,000 into an investment strategy. Of course, that's right. right. If you can, you can do 10. But yeah, the point is here is like plenty of business to do every every day. And look, I look around and I see many things I can do it if I have the money and the time. All the numbers, but the number especially, mm-hmm. it's a place that is growing up not mm-hmm. fast, faster. It's, right. uh, it's incredible how it's growing up. How many tourists arrive every moment? How business they are opening? I choose to stay in Danang instead of the, because um, for my my business my mentality I need uh, to be in in a place like this every day. It's growing. It's happening. It's moving. It, yeah, it's value moving so fast. Some people they're not too, too stupid, and that some money can find some business to do in Danang and be successful very mm-hmm. easily, very easily. Like uh, really, I'm not joking. There. Uh, I, I think about five different things every day working around. Yeah, new ideas, yeah, new things you can do to make money. Do. And, um, I don't know about America, but Europe and Italy nowadays, it's old. Old country with old people, uh, ah, old mentality. Uh-huh. And uh, here everything is new, everything is young, everything is dynamic. Also, the, the all the paperwork, the bureaucracy doesn't stop you like in Italy. In Italy yeah! yeah. <laughs> so, so that's one of the things about America, and I'm sure it's the same way in Italy, land of the free. On the macro level, yes, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, yes, absolutely more free than even Vietnam. On the micro level, if you want to do anything in America, you need a license for that, sir. Mm-hmm. You need a building permit. You need you need some sort of piece of paper make basically sneeze the wrong way right uh so in that sense it's definitely not you want to oh you want to shampoo people's hair and earn a living just shampooing hair nope you're going to need a ten thousand dollar license and you're going to need that to get renewed every couple of years and oh my god insurance yeah oh, yeah. oh insurance i forgot about oh, yeah. liability insurance in, in italy is the same uh-huh. Plus corruption, because yeah, all- <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. All of these and Italy, like America, had lasagna and corruption. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you must have some uh, ridiculous taxes that uh, you can pay because yeah, because you, you must win because somebody's stealing basically. Uh, <laughs> I went out to, to inform yeah. about some business in Italy. It was yeah. simply ridiculous. You, you can't afford to fail. Yeah, right. you, you must pay a so big amount of money just to to, be, to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of this money is is not a license for something. It's uh, yeah, you must pay twenty thousand. Yeah, because we have a lot of money. Yeah, so shut up. Well, uh, all licenses are based. But to go to more of a positive angle here, okay, I'm going to throw out some stats here. Numbers matter. Some data points. First of all, yeah, the tourism angle of Danang, just to pick that as an example, goes up like thirty five percent a year. So that means the total number of, I know, which is just, is this one of the fastest Whoa. growing tourist places on earth? Okay. Then Google it. Go yeah. ahead and Google I it. I think the fastest. Yeah. Oh. Last year was the, was the, the fastest develop, developing city in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so what that means to put this in perspective is like it doubled. Like if you walk around Danang right now, 
in two and a half years, it will be twice as big as it is right now. The amount of concrete that they need is just <laughs> staggering. It's like straight drains full of concrete daily. Okay, like they are they are expanding at a radical rate. Here's another stat that's going to blow your mind. Cell phones in America, as of right now in 2018, 2019, has 70% cell phone market penetration. That means 70% of people have a phone or 60% do and some have two. Right. I'm surprised uh, that, well. I'm surprised too, but yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, well, you got to factor in children and old people. Okay. You know, my grandpa doesn't have one, for example. But anyway, uh, in Vietnam, it is 190% cell phone market penetration. That means everybody's got one. Yeah. And most people have two. Uh, because when it's like four bucks a month for infinite data, why not? And you can get a smartphone for 20 bucks reasonably, 400 grand. I mean, it'd be a huge one, but yeah. it could be done. You can definitely get a new smartphone for about $45. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a terrible, like, third tier smartphone, but state of the art 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Whatever. Yeah. But the point is, this economy in this world out here in Vietnam is moving faster than an American person can fathom. Yeah. Like it's faster, moving faster and they're more agile and they're moving faster at a better rate than you can even imagine. And no matter how you want to measure it, you want to measure it in, yeah, I mean, uh, cell phone subscriptions, sure. If you, you if want to 50, year, 50 years from now, if, if the per capita wealth of the average Vietnamese person were getting close to or rivaling that of an American, it would not surprise me. Right, 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 right. right. They're on track. Mm -hmm. Because, again, and also some facts in Vietnam, their unemployment rate is near zero. You know, I mean... Even the people who are, you might think, are, like, unemployed, there's old ladies, old, like, 90-year-old ladies on the street selling which are basically scratch-off lottery tickets. They're not literally scratch-off. Same idea. Yeah. They're on the street selling selling fruit Yep. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. And you don't need a license. You don't need to go through the FDA and the, the Department of Agriculture in your county and your city. No, to, to have to touch any paper. Yep. To, just... to have a food cart, you need a cart with some food. <laughs> yeah. A food cart. Right. And you don't need an established LLC business with liability insurance mm -hmm. and a permit. The, the people get more money doing this. Right. right. Because you, you can you can do stuff. You, you can employ yourself. You're the poor man can make yeah. money tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, well, when a free market economy is even more free, people get wealthier? Yeah. Imagine yeah, that. Imagine that. Right. And so, so really, Vietnam is like a libertarian's wet dream. Okay. It kind of is. Yeah. Vietnam is like the capitalist wet dream. Like uh, every positive thing you could think about, like a, 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 a capitalistic democracy, you know, hardcore moving economy. That's all happening right now. The jet, the the golden age that happened in in uh, Japan, the economic miracle of the eighties in Japan. Yeah. that's happening right now. Right in in Vietnam, obviously, everywhere you yeah, look, right. everywhere so you look. So this is the golden age in Vietnam right now. This is the high water mark. Every year, they're crushing records. Mm -hmm. It's not only growing at like a ridiculously fast rate, but the rate of it growing is growing. <laughs> okay, because they are doing the right things to to grow up. Yeah, I think that uh, they're investing in infrastructure. Yeah, right for example, the airport they, they are investing for Korean people. They, they have uh, like, if I remember well, eighteen direct flights from uh, South Korea to Danang every day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, they are investing for Korean people in Danang. They want. I think they are doing they are doing the right thing. They, they are developing in a healthy way. But uh, I, I see Danang be, be become like Singapore 
or uh, mm-hmm. or Dubai in five six years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In many ways, they're there already. Oh yeah. And so when you get an entire economy of people, and, and again, to use another just quick anecdote here, when I go to my, my wife's home village, meaning uh, jungles, banana trees, uh, bulls with a ring in the nose and people playing food in the back. Okay. Like straight up all those pictures that you would imagine a village to look like, that's what it looks like. Uh-huh. Plus waterfalls, plus whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, oh, it's super nice. I think it's great when I walk into a concrete Bars on the windows, not glass. It's not really what we would think of a window. It's just a hole in the wall. And then it's got a tin roof. It's just a sheet of tin as the roof. And you walk in there, and then there's a big screen TV, and there's the Ethernet cable. Oh, uh, <laughs> they're, they're pulling 80 megabits. Oh, yeah, buddy. Chickens and then naked babies, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they, they don't mess around. Yeah, a chicken, chicken runs through their house while they're watching the big screen TV. Yeah, you know? they're all streaming Netflix. They're all yeah. streaming Netflix, yeah. right, right. Now, with that said, when I go around on Ted Holiday, yeah, I go to like one of the nearby families. Oh, yeah. Well, my son's in college. My other son just graduated college, living in Saigon. And my other uh, daughter uh, just graduated, is living in Hawaii. And she's an investment banker. And then our uh, fourth son, uh, he's in college currently, but he's going to be graduating in sales and business degree. Because uh, you got to imagine these families in Vietnam, bless their hearts. For 2,000 years, they've been farming rice, mm-hmm. farming rice and picking snails and, and riding bulls. And now, all of a sudden, right now, right now, in this golden age, right now, just in the last 5, 10 years, mm-hmm. the entire thing completely switched. So now you're talking about tens of millions of people that were otherwise living an agrarian life quietly off on the countryside, all of a sudden tens of millions of people are all coming into the economy, mm-hmm. coming in educated, on many cases, multilingual, super smart and ready to rock. So there's millions of people that are coming in every year into the economy to generate wealth, income, building stuff, starting businesses, inventing things, you know, teaching things, programming, outsourcing, you know, all of that. Vietnam is jumping on this modern economy in this modern world with internet, et cetera, and may, and capitalizing. And they're, they're making it work at a rate that most people cannot even imagine how fast, you know, all of this is happening. And it's a beautiful thing. If you ask those parents that have uh, five kids that are all successful right now, they could not be prouder. Mm-hmm. I see here like big opportunities growing in, in every aspect, education, uh, even healthcare. But the, the point is, in my opinion, that uh, we are talking about the digital nomad. This is happening in Vietnam right now. So you can be part of it, absolutely, with the plenty, plenty of things. But it must be now, not in, not in 10 years. Thanks for joining us for our very first episode of the Radical Traveler podcast. I hope you got a lot of value and a few nuggets out of it. If so, I'd like to invite you to check out part two with Long, Martino, and I, in which we get into a lot more detail as to our lives, specific strategies that we use, and strategies that you could use to help build your own digital nomad lifestyle. But in the meantime, stay radical. Cheers. La 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 la